0: I'd like to welcome you to this week's Young Energy Performance Group's podcast. <coughs> the purpose of this series of podcasts is to answer some of the questions that young engineers have which are not usually answered in daily life. I'm Abshar, Vice Chair of YPG, and today's topic is around costing. Today asking the questions will be Sophia Narro and our guest answering the question is Neka Grant. Neka is a Chartered Engineer and MCBZ member. She has 15 plus years in industry and works with specialist suppliers of and manufacturers to provide the project team with solutions to ensure they're on time and within budget while offering cost savings to the clients in various forms. She works for contractor called GBE Services London as engineering manager. GBE are a contractor who use offsite fabrication technologies within their projects. GBE have the largest offsite prefabrication facility in the southeast and recently have won awards for their involvement within the 1BP project. Neko, thank you for accepting our invite. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so without further ado, I'll hand over to Sophia and Nekka to take Thanks. over.
1: Um, thank you, Avs, and Nneka. Um, so, Nekka, what would you say is the key consideration in terms of trying to reduce cost and improve efficiency on a project?
2: Um, yes, yeah, so, so it's a very broad question, um, as obviously this varies from project to project. Um, And um, it also varies from client to client. So for some clients, efficiency is key. Running costs are key. Um, Some clients, they've got shorter term interest in the building. So it it really varies. Um, From an engineer's perspective, um, I'd say the the key um, consideration is to utilize Your influence on the project while you can, basically, which is primarily at design stage. Um, So, uh, from our point of view as contractors, um, we find we work really well, uh, or or to get the best outcome for projects when we're engaged early. Um, A lot of clients are starting to buy into this as well, and that really helps to bring our specialist input into a project. early early on before the design has gone too far or or at a stage when we can influence it. Um, And that that usually saves a lot of reiterations on design, fees, um, costs, etc. and arguments down the line. (laughs) So um, yeah, I'd say in terms of whether it's cost or labor, there's so many constraints which um, really vary from project to project, but, but certainly um, making an impact in the design early early on is key. Um, and and that's, that, that's the the point where the engineers have, have the most amount of influence. Um, okay. So I'd say definitely look to maximize that.
1: All right. Um, let's go back to give us a main idea of the process that you go through as a contractor regularly. Once you win a project and receive the architects and consultants design and specifications, what are the main things that you check, and what does your role consist of?
2: So um, it, it, it also that also varies, but as a general um, design or, or projects usually come to us um, at stage four A, sometimes stage three, um, and. depending on what stage we we get involved with the project. um, And also our our scope um, that would depend on how far we go back in terms of validations. But as a standard, we go through the designs, validate um, sometimes from first principles, I doing redoing or or checking thermal models, sometimes doing the thermal model from scratch, then we go through validate all the various bits of um, the the schedules, bits of kit, um, get them selected, make sure they tie up with various components in the system, make sure they they align, Um, and then obviously we go through to procurement. Now, in the validation stage, there's Aside from all the various calculations that we would do, our dot sizing, pipe sizing, etc., um, we we also look at the system from a perspective of modularization and prefabrication, um, which is one of the key strengths of our business. Um, as ABS mentioned in the introduction, we, we've got one of the um, biggest prefab facilities in London or, or the biggest prefab facility in London um, we've over six, 15 16 years um, experience in this in prefab so we would always look to at least prefabricate um, and where possible modularize the design so it's quite um, common on on a lot of designs that we get involved with where we give a lot of a load of plant space back to the clients. in some cases, whole plant rooms are given back purely just by modu- modularizing. Um, so there's a lot that can be done with um, modularization and prefabrication in condensing space. In um, um, And then as well as looking at it from a prefab perspective, we would also, we also ensure that syst- um, systems are streamlined. Um, Pumping circuits are efficiently laid out, you know, pumps are decoupled. Just the basics. (laughs) Sometimes it's it's in the simple things where you find a lot of inefficiencies, stuff like valving arrangements, um, etc. So as a company, as standard, we would always go through that process. We then go into drawing stage, which would involve a full 3D model, which is standard again on all our jobs. incorporating any other project models like the structural model architectural model etc um, getting it clash free and then that would then because because of, of our uh, or uh, our early involvement ho- hopefully we would have aligned the systems to suit modularization so when we come to then do our shop drawings everything's already compact and ready to go um, to, to just produce shop drawings from um, so yeah i hope that gives a bit of a picture of, um, of, of what we do, how where, where we take the design on from. And, and then obviously that will go through to procurement and um, appointing any subcontractors buying kit and then the install side um, or construction. Um, and then at the end of that, that then takes you through to commissioning um, and handover. Um, commissioning is another key area where our engineers um, are encouraged, or, or, or basically do do get f- fully involved. We generally try and keep the engineer who's done the pre-construction on the commissioning because that's where things come full cycle for them, and and um, it's also, I mean, there's a lot of knowledge <laughs> that that gets obviously. Um, embedded whilst doing the design that's sometimes not always easy to pass on. So it's, it's very um, key for us that the same engineer certainly commissions the job. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a, I've said enough on, on that, I don't want to go too, too long. That's perfect, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then what would be your tips on consultants and contractors? So that they would work in harmony to achieve the best outcome of a project and optimize the client's costs and constraints.
2: Um, as a contractor, my my tips to to for, um, to consultants for for um, working together on a project is um, yeah, as I mentioned before, early engagement is is really key. Um, now I know a lot of the time that's determined by the client, but it's something that the Um, consultants can really influence Um, even I mean on on ideally for us we we normally get brought on on a PCSA where we would then work alongside the consultant to input all our specialist knowledge into the design at early stage Um, that is ideal and that's um we find that works most seamlessly from design stage, um, going through to construction. Um, But even where that PCSA is not possible, we've got a lot of relationships with um, a lot of the the tier one um, consultants and just picking up the phone and saying, what would you do? Do You know, is this a better arrangement? And most of the time we'll be happy to, we're happy to, or, or, or we're always happy to offer Advice um, uh, as as required. So I think collaboration with the contractors and with the specialists is key, and it's not just with the likes of ourselves. It would even be you know our subcontractors. So talking directly to the fire alarm specialist or to the sprinkler specialist. You know, especially on the CDP packages, it's very key to bring the specialists on board early. Um, so. I'd say that that's my that would be my main tip. A um, couple of other things would be, and this is where we would look. We look at streamlining lining the, the design. Um, would be in looking at um, bracketry and you know the, the 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 detail which obviously gets overlooked to an extent um, at the early stages of design bringing someone like ourselves on board would allow that um, review to be done early on. Um, we're looking at detail of builders' works, looking at detail of, of how stuff actually gets in, even logistics, uh, just how, how you crane a piece of kit in, etc. So um, certainly collaborating and, and getting Get, using that knowledge, basically. Um, the specialists are uh, specialists for a reason, so it's just using their knowledge uh, early early on, that's key. Alright. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then of course the design depends on what the client wants. Um, how often have you found that they care only or mostly on the initial costs and how often are they sensitive about the running costs?
2: Um, in our experience, Clients are generally uh, they they generally prioritise efficiencies and running costs. Um, It's one of the things. Yeah, the the the, our clients say the main contractor may be um, more interested in the buying of the job, but the clients we find are are usually um, very interested in the running costs. You get the odd clients that are selling off the building, or you know, you, you um, are not, aren't, going to keep hold of that building. Who may not um, be as interested, but generally speaking, they, they are interested in running costs and ensuring that the kit is to the highest efficiency and and these circuits are arranged uh, most in a most efficient way. So um, it's not something that. You can, uh, or, or, or we don't find that you you can um, I- influence that much. Um, well, you, you, we 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 do always try and influence it by increasing the efficiencies where we can with better um, other um, various manufacturers. So comparing the various bits of kit among the manufacturers. Um, We do something standard, again, um, all our engineers um, do something called a bid analysis, which is an engineering-led tool. It's not as commercial as it sounds, um, because I think generally when people talk about bids, it's it's all about which piece of kit is the cheapest. But we actually go through the various performance um, criteria of the various bits of kit and and then... um, Yeah, look at obviously costs as well, but efficiency would be one of those things um, that we'd consider. So, um, yeah, uh, 100% clients are are always interested in the efficiency.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's good to know for all the occupants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, now on cost savings, what would you consider easy wins in a project for lowering costs? For example, details that are overlooked by consultants.
2: Um, I wouldn't say overlooked. I'd just say, um, yeah, at design stages, there's a lot of there's so many priorities in in obviously during a design, and that design gets initial from goes from initial concept to a bit more detail, a bit more detail, a bit more detail, till till we obviously go through and build it. So um, w- w- what we find. Um, in a lot of the designs, obviously, that we then get involved with, either at stage 4A or 4B, um, or even stage three, is that there seems to be a lot of margin. Um, sometimes there's a margin, and then another margin on top. You, like when you drill down to perhaps the calculations, there's margin there. Then, then there's rounding up in the selection. Then, then one supplier. As added an extra bit on in there say that it was a fan or a pump there's there's more in the curve again and there just seems to be a accumulation of margins and um mm. as a contractor we look to obviously we're at the stage where it's getting built so um we we can I understand um why the consultants have a lot of those margins for future-proofing and sometimes the client hasn't quite made up their mind and there's changes and um, there's reasons for that but um, usually when the design gets to us things are are, are, well either if either if they haven't been decided they're having to be decided (laughs) so they're, they're at a point where it's getting built so for us we can really go through and streamline the design and remove some of those unnecessary mar- margins obviously keeping what the client requires in terms of future proofing the building um, another thing we find sometimes is just uh, the client might want a spare boiler or a spare, or a spare capacity um, for for future or for changes and sometimes we just encourage or, or look at design and, and look at obviously based on plant replacement and all of uh, and um The ease of installing that kit retrospectively, but um, one way is just installing it with space rather than oversizing everything, having everything running at inefficient (laughs) points and then um, perhaps that spare capacity never gets used or so. um, Sometimes it's just in engaging with the client and really understanding where 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 all these what their plans are for the building. Um, Simple things like just looking at the circuitry, looking at the valving arrangement, um, sometimes it's in the little things. Obviously there is um, more efficient system sometimes which we may have the opportunity to um, input into the design, but usually by the time it's got to us, things are already a bit more set in stone. So some sometimes it's just in the simple things like the circuitry arrangement and. And um, bits of the the um it's a kit that gets selected um modernization obviously is another big one where, where we um it, it influence design and um yeah so i think there there's that there's a lot of easy wins um it, it's just get you get, as i said before using the specialist knowledge to 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 get to those easy wins um really um all the experience yes um, all right. So, based on on
1: in your experience, do you consider that there are systems that are more cost effective than others
2: in terms of labor? Uh, in terms of labor, um, yes. The, w- w- when the systems obviously are de- 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 de, um, determined by the scheme and the, and and the, and the project sp- specification, uh, um, which is already in place. So, so yes, there's always. M- or there's usually more efficient and less efficient systems. We, but um, some of these we we can try and propose, but it, it depends on how far that design has gone already. Um, what, what we do find um, easier to do is just to condense the, the design and cut out any, as I mentioned before, any, um, Extra capacity and any, for example, oversizing of pipework. For example, um, we can easily bring that down. Um, sometimes we find there's a merge, a merger of old technology and new. For example, maybe PICVs might be put in, but there's still some DRVs um, left in on a number of terminals for for whatever reason, and it's just in. Plowing through the design and just ensuring that everything's streamlined to to one um, or or in in the best way. Um, With prefab, we can we we, yeah we we really, as I mentioned before, really streamline things. Um, In terms of labour, there's a lot of savings um, when it comes to prefab. I mean. in, on most jobs, if you think about how long it takes to put a plant room together, um, you'd be talking weeks in a traditional build. Um, with prefabrication, you definitely cut those hours down. And um, with modularization you, you do even more because you're literally bringing modules in and, and you, you can build a whole plant room in, in a matter of days, um, which wouldn't be possible. Um, w- in a traditional build, um, one of the jobs we were on recently, um, which has, or at the time had, the the largest riser in in London, we that that riser got put in 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 th- three or four days. So, wow. which, um, yeah, w- wouldn't be possible with, with without modularisation. So there's a lot of um, savings or labour savings, obviously health and safety savings. Oh well. Eradication of health and safety risks, um, man hours, etc. So um, that that you can um, you gain from using modularisation or at least prefabricating your, your equipment, your your services.
1: Um, and then something most engineers should know. But what about the energy? What are are there any systems that are more
2: cost effective in terms of energy? uh yes again as a similar to the, the systems it varies from system to system there there, there is um an example would be a, a recent project i was involved with where there was a uh water to water chiller um which was then fed by a, a dry air cooler um and Well, actually, it was fed by a dryer cooler feeding a water water chiller, but the chiller was located on the roof, so they were both located on the roof for some reason. And uh, a simple thing like that, we said to the client, "Why don't you just put in an air cooled chiller and get rid of your two sets of um, equipment or your pumping circuitry in between?" So sometimes it's it's not necessarily that. Uh, what's what's called chillers and ineffic- as is inefficient but for that application it wasn't necessarily the best solution and um it, it, it's that's where we or that that's the kind of um solutions we look look at rather than um necessarily replacing um systems that are already in place um obviously the site constraints as well determine what we can put in um Sometimes the, the, you haven't got that air source, or you haven't got ground source. <laughs> you haven't got all the um, um, m- avenues for the most efficient systems. But um, when, when we look at a, a design, we we always look look at it from a holistic point of view. It, it's to um, where we can. Not necessarily a replace kit, and sometimes there isn't kit to re- to be or system to be replaced. Sometimes it is purely just in making sure that when you're buying that kit or selecting that kit, you're meeting all the efficiencies, all the SFPs, or you're bringing them down where you can. Um, so yeah, I think as I mentioned before, what's key is is always in, in engaging the specialists and not necessarily just our, ourselves, even the manufacturers. Um, because every manufacturer usually has a good salesman that's talking to the consultants and mm-hmm. and um selling their kit but when or, or when when the design comes to us we talk we talk to multiple um, manufacturers and do that bid analysis that I mentioned earlier where we can then sort of see where the differences are one might be better on efficiency but noisier or um And that's the kind of analysis we can do to determine um, the the best solution for the project. All right. Mm
1: -hmm. And um, how do you see the relationship between cost and time? How often is a program realistic and how does this impact in terms
2: of cost? Um, Yeah, obviously the like time equals, fees for consultants songs um, equals prelims for us so yes um, there's definitely a direct relationship there um, and we've've we've, what, what we find typically is that there's I wouldn't say there's that there isn't enough program time I'd say a lot of the time the the design stage um, at the design stage the the client might not have fully made up their mind or things are still going through planning sometimes there's there's all of those other factors going on so that design period ends up dwindling and sometimes running out um, without things being agreed so when we get involved um, yeah sometimes the design hasn't fully been finalized and and, um, there's always the issue of fees or, or um, cost f- for prelims for design um, but we yeah which is why we always look to come in early but once we're on board we, we would look to try and get that design um, nailed down as quickly as possible I, I mean in, it's in our favor usually by the time we're on board there's a program in place to start construction and it's in everyone's or the client is more on board in terms of making decisions and um, finalising um, their preferences but even we find sometimes we carry it, we're on a project and we're getting to the end of it and there's certain details that still haven't been um, agreed or finalised so yeah programme is always It's always squeezed as we as we all know. Um, I think (laughs) the programs get shorter and shorter, Um, but which is why we we try and just get involved as early as we can. We also try and just ensure that doing some of these validations and the validations we do and the. The 3D modeling etc cuts out. or forces the client to make decisions for one because they can see their building. They can, see, you know, they can see, or be in three D. They can see um, it becomes more real. And um, with prefabrication and modularisation, certainly, it, it forces them to make a decision early, um, which sets things in, in stone early on in the um, in the design period. Um, for us, that's key, obviously. But once the, the the client has bought into modularization on the project, um, then they know they have to make a decision by a certain time, because otherwise, the modules will come out wrong and come to site, and the whole benefit of modularization will be gone, because you're then having to retrospectively um, either amend the modules or try and stick build things on site. So um, yeah, the, the, with, with um, prefab, we can we can try and it's all about getting getting things um, agreed early and and then and and set in stone early. I think that's the key point in regards to maintaining your program.
1: All right. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then, can you please talk about the cost difference of the equipment between leased prices and what a contractor
2: is able to buy for? Yeah, so um, list prices, um, no. I mean, they're, they're no one buys for list prices. <laughs> so, so I know when the consultants are p- picking um, equipment and looking at what grill to pick, etc. Um, And you might go through a list price catalog, but as contractors, usually those prices get slashed um, massively, um, like up to like 50% discount, a standard or or quite um, popular for for list pricing. Um, This obviously varies from um, manufacturer to manufacturer, but what we do on a lot of projects is uh, we we work with the main contractor and the client um especially when in a pcsa period and we show them that bid analysis that i mentioned that we do which actually proves them the value um of not necessarily in terms of the get discount but sometimes the cheapest product isn't always the um Necessarily, the best project or best solution for, for the project, um, and vice versa. But with a bid analysis, you the client gets clear visibility of what that kit is costing him and why. So, um, yeah, discounts vary, but list pricing it, it isn't necessarily an indication of of products. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is, is what I, I'd say yeah it's it's always um, they, they're always quite a lot higher
1: all right and um, could you give us an example of how you have
2: valued engineered a system improving energy efficiency uh yeah so um, on, on one of our recent projects um, the, the well it was actually that there was a chp originally um planned or designed to be put into that um into that uh, system um but cuz it's it was a residential um part residential part hotel project um the chp was, uh, plant room was in very close proximity to the um apartments and obviously, CHPs being very noisy, mm-hmm. um, there was massive concern about how, uh, installing a CHP right next to these high-end apartments. Um, so it wasn't; it was a case of looking for another, at, um, as efficient, if not more efficient, system to do um, to, to, to do that load. Um, so we proposed and. Um, in the end installed heat pump water to water heat pump because um, um, it, it was coming off of a condenser water circuit or taking um, waste heat from a condenser water circuit and pumping it out into the LTHW system. So yeah, uh, the other one I mentioned was um, the it replacing the water cooled chiller and, and dryer cooler with um, an air called chiller. Um, it's things like that. Simple it's things like that that could um, sometimes not necessarily um, not necessarily bring the efficiency down massively, but it replaces it with a better solution that that either keeps you at the same efficiency or or, or improves it. So um, they're, they're the kind of things we we look at.
1: All right. And um, last but not least, any suggestions for the engineers listening? Something to watch out for career choices?
2: Um, yeah, come and join the contracting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'd say as a as a young engineer, my my um one of my suggestions w- would be to certainly t- to get involved with commissioning as i mentioned earlier um especially as a design engineer which i think a, a lot of the, the audience w- probably might-, might be um it- it's key to get out on site to understand um site constraints not not just con- site constraints because they vary but but understand um Solution finding because you, you design something on a drawing, you go onto site, it doesn't quite work. How do you resolve that? And the more time you spend out on site, the more you you of these of the different solutions you see and become aware of to, to then implement um, when designing, or to, to at least um, take cognizance of while designing. Um, Getting involved with commissioning is is key because um, that's again puts into perspective why whether or not some of some of the margins allowed, <laughs> um, as I mentioned, which can be a, a big cost and a big cause of inefficiency um, for for running costs of a building. Um, so. I'd say definitely a lot of contractors, including ourselves, um, regularly take on consultants or, or um, uh, who, who want to get a bit of site experience or just work work alongside some of the um, operatives on site, um, or just get involved with what what we do. I'd say definitely get involved with look to get involved with commissioning and try to be out there on site. Um, it would be my main tip.
0: oh um oh that was very informative guys thank you very much nekka thank you Sophia, for asking the questions and on behalf of we thank you everyone for listening uh so the floor is open to the listeners um if there's any questions you'd like to ask nekka feel free to ask now um so yeah feel free to type or use the, the mic Okay, so I assume everyone's uh, all good. Uh, So thank you very much, guys. Uh, We'll conclude the session here um, and hope to see all you guys on the next one. uh,
3: Sorry, I had one question. Uh, It's Nathan, yeah, uh, work for Keir Construction, so another contractor. Just a quick query on prefab. You mentioned you've got a lot of cost efficiencies do you see the cost efficiency from prefabrication predominantly in terms of the savings through time? Because sometimes prefabrication costs more initially, but it's actually the time savings where you're saving your prelims and the time on site that then that actually materializes into the commercial saving or in putting it together as the initial um, material and labor efficiency, for instance.
2: Yeah. So, uh, um, Uh, most of uh, I say the bulk of the um, savings are in the labor and the on-site program Um, so it is not just a benefit to us obviously it is massive a benefit to the client but even as a contractor ourselves we we see certainly a reduction in um, being able to build something in a nice factory where everything, where you've got loads of room and the welder can get into whatever position they need to, to, to um, do up the joints, as opposed to, to in situ, obviously, on, on site where things are, might be more awkward. So yes, to answer your question, but the bulk of, of the efficiency in pre in modularization prefab is, is in the labor costs and, and the on-site install obviously added um, built into that in the on-site install would is then the um health and safety um benefits and um lack of hot works yeah there's, quality
3: control as well i can imagine is, uh,
2: yeah there's endless benefits and the client is these days the, the client is looking to move everything as much as they can off-site so Um, If they can get a plant room craned in in a matter of days, um, they'd rather that or or leave risers all shut off until two days before they come in rather than, um, you know, um, having men working in risers and dealing with (laughs) obviously all the health and safety risks that come come along with that. So, yeah, the, the, the biggest benefit w- or, or is, is certainly that. And yes, you're right in terms of the bracketry and and sometimes the supports and sometimes it's just the logistical um, support you have to put in. Uh, if you think um, of some of the, especially the bigger modules, like a b- bigger riser, you, you have to look into how you lift that off of a lorry and get that into position without the whole thing buckling. So you you do we do end up putting in a lot more bracketry and transport supports um, in order to get um, uh, prefab
3: risers working. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But
3: stiffening stiffening when a, you're delivering it, isn't it? I think that's the yeah. main thing. So there's more metal work, more raw material. So what we what we've found is that the the initial cost is more expensive,
2: mm. but if
3: you if it's on the critical path, it works. It's more
2: expensive on a like-for-like like material cost, but yeah. but the benefits yeah. quickly outweigh, like the benefits even just on on, on uh, commercial benefits quickly outweigh yeah. that that slight difference in material cost. Yeah, and and a lot of the time that, that uh, or, or we find because we we obviously um, uh, during tender stage we um, we propose um, what we see would be. Suited to modularization the client usually buys that in. so we don't is is it's not where really we a case of getting on board and then we say, oh we need all this extra bracketry in to modularize your design, which yeah, sometimes might be the case and and we might still find it more cost effective to do that. but most in in most cases, certainly for large plant rooms and risers, um the client will be, Pushing for that as well, so they'd be happy to buy that in uh, 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 during, during um, procurement. Yeah, because we'll obvi- like,
3: obviously the design before it gets to stage four A needs to have already considered which elements are going to be prefabricated. So it's the early design that drives that, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and sometimes what we find where where they haven't necessarily considered it, we might we might um, as part of the tender try and. Um, or or, or put together a a plan Um, but where they where they might have put in a load of step overs and gantries and access platforms we can incorporate that into our modules um, and not necessarily incur too much extra cost um, even where it hasn't been incorporated even where modularization hasn't been thought about in the first place Uh, we can take what's what they've allowed for in terms of step overs and all that or access platforms and, and incorporate that. So there'll be that add and omit, which um, which then that th- doesn't cause too, too many issues in terms of um, further costs down the line.
3: No, Thank you. That was a good yeah. presentation. Yeah, good, interesting topic for me. Personally.
2: Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you've got any Further queries, I'm happy to get my details off Sophia or or Absin. Be happy to answer any other questions or or provide any further, you know, any input you require. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Any other questions? Okay, Neko we'll wrap up there. Thank you for your time. Uh, Thank thanks, you. guys. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, take care and have a good weekend, guys. You too. Thanks,
2: thanks Abs. You, everyone. Thanks, Sophia. Bye. Bye.